Hello and a very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. This month we are doing something a little different and we are joined by a very special guest. Um, John and myself. John's here. Yes, hello. Um, we've travelled to Blackburn. Uh, that's Blackburn in England, not Blackburn West Lothian. I'm glad you um, cleared that up. <laughs> to interview a very special guest, um, Bryn Buck, who is a signage expert who some of you who, who use Twitter... Um, and who are perhaps members of the, the Sabre um, page on Facebook um, will know is behind the Show Me A Sign blog, uh, very popular on Twitter and online. So, Bryn, welcome. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, good to be here. Uh, I've not travelled that far, actually. You guys, you've, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've come a long way. You're a Blackburn native. Blackburn native. I've, I've, I've literally had to travel all the mile. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, for all our regular listeners and guests, tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, well, I actually am employed in the industry as well, so I'm a, I'm a civil engineer at the moment. I, I started off as a traffic engineer and I've sort of broadened out. Uh, I'm currently working in Manchester, um, but I did do a stint working in Blackburn for a while, so quite a few things around here I've done, so I've got a bit bit of a bragging right now when I travel around yeah. the town. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's nice when you can make a hobby into a career, I find. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm kind of in that position, I know John certainly is as well, that that's... Yeah. Kind of a, that's been the driving force behind behind, behind the three of us, really. Yeah, we've always been into transport and yeah. into roads, and yeah. you're not different. No, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, since a tiny, tiny little lad. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's what makes the difference between someone who just turns up and somebody who actually turns up to make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we've got a few things we're going to run through um, on this special edition. We've got Bryn here. We're going to we're going to grill him to the absolute maximum, John. Aren't All we? about signs. Yeah, particularly some very controversial types of signs. Y- yes, absolutely. Now <laughs> we should say, I should add that John has been feeling just a little bit under the weather the last few days. I'm afraid. Uh, so, so that's where the late night radio voice is coming yeah, from. I've so got a bit of a chest infection. Uh, you know, I'm making a bit of heavy going with it, but I'm here. So if he's sounding a bit gravelly or, or, <laughs> or rough, that, that's why. So, you know, please don't, please don't email us asking if John's okay, because it'll just go to his head. I'm sure he's fine. It's a man flu. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be a, fine. He'll be he'll fine in a, in a day or two, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, Bryn, the first thing we're looking to discuss with you then, Glasgow gantries, overhead sign gantries. Uh, for those people who perhaps don't know a lot of detail mm. about them, uh, the overhead signage of the Glasgow motorway system and, and the Clydeside Expressway yeah. um, is quite unique and you don't see anything like it really anywhere else in the UK. Um, it's been in place since day one. Uh, the first gantries went up in 1969-70 as part of the Kingston Bridge contract and the network expanded um, over the following 20-30 years to, to the scale that we have now with the M74 completion style being the most recent of those installed. Now, because they are so unique and they're unusual, mm-hmm. they aren't technically compliant mm-hmm. with the traffic signs uh, manual yeah. uh, or the, the general um, regulations and uh, the TSRGD yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. TSRGD. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a mouthful. It is, this is why yeah. we have you here, Brent. <laughs> yeah. So, so Brent, from from your point of view, g- give me give me your thoughts. I mean, I, I've been inv- I've had some professional involvement in the Glasgow gantries, and I've made some changes through my involvement to to try and, and and adjust what's there to make them a bit more compliant, maybe. Yeah. And others have done the same. But what's your thoughts as a someone who designs signs on a daily basis? What what, what do you think? What catches your eye about them? Well. Well, I'm, I have written about these historically. I'm, I'm sounding like I'm plugging my blog there. Plug away. I'm, I'm free, plugging yeah. my blog. Uh, back in 2017, I wrote, I did write about these because, as as you've said, uh, Stuart, there's quite a lot of people who are, oh, I don't like them. They're, they're different. They're not what I'm used to, which is fair enough. It's a valid valid viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I personally like them. Um, they are different. They, they're, they're not definitely non-standard. There's there's no, no argument there. They are non-standard. But yeah. you've got to treat it in the context of where they are. Yeah, and as I, as I pointed out in my blog, I said uh, when these were designed, there was actually no rules for yeah. urban gantry signs. Yeah, in fact, the the nineteen sixty four regulations, which was the first time we'd had the modern sign system, that came out and it only really considered rural motorways. It was almost as if they hadn't thought that cities would ever want to build these gigantic roads in their in, the in their boundaries and. So Glasgow was left with the problem then as, well, how do we deal with this? And it's one of those things, it's a legacy thing, but I don't mind it. And it's quite interesting, there's 
as most of the Glasgow network, as I'm sure you've probably told people in the ask, is it's inspired by Southern California, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even down to the structure. I think some of the structures are actually also inspired by Southern California because there are parts of Los Angeles where... Uh, normal American gantries, are, I think, are quite ugly, horrible. Just, these are, these are yeah. kind of green-plated things. They're, they're, yeah. But the, the actual structures are horrible as well. They're, just, right. they're effectively just bits of scaffolding bolted yeah. together yeah. with yeah. barbed wire around them to stop <laughs> vandals. Yeah. But in some areas, um, I think it's possibly more San Francisco than Los Angeles, um, they have the similar corrugated metal effect. They're, yeah. not, they're not backlit. No, um, but they are. That's it's that similar sort of with this blade legs, and mm-hmm. you think, oh, that's where the inspiration perhaps came from. And and I, I think as a design, they work quite well. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, on on the Glasgow Motorway Archive website, there's obviously the page about the gantries and yep. uh, right. extols the virtues of the uh, internal access systems, which mm-hmm. unique to Glasgow. Most gantries are out in the open, and you have to climb up a ladder and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the whole the whole system it's all integrated. I, I think they're a good bit of a uh, good bit of urban design. I mean. Yeah. If you don't like the actual sign faces, then yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think that we should really condemn them on that alone. There is a primary criticism about them and how that they show lane drops and diverges. And this, I mean, keeping it, I mean, we, I'm just kind of trying to explain this for somebody who might be going, you know, I've never thought about this before. But a common complaint is, is how do you know the difference between lane one dropping and lane one going off on a diverge, yeah. as in it's just an off slip. Yeah. You know, and Stuart, I mean, there is a subtlety to this, and it's there quite is. brilliant. It's basically a simple practice, is that, yeah. and, and the initial idea was that if you're below the destination on the road, then you will be fine. Um, if you're in a lane that split, the sign splits in two between the half, you know that you can go in both yeah. directions. If, however, you are in a lane and only the, the, the destination is only above that lane, you that indicates that that lane is going to go off yeah. in that, that direction. It's fairly simple to us. Because but, how do they do it with normal gantries? They do it with arrows, don't they? Yeah, they would do it with arrows. They would have stacked signs that are going 15, 20 metres into the air. That mm-hmm. kind of goes against the whole point of the original design um, principles behind them and that they were supposed to be as minimalist as possible. Yeah. Um, some people might not realise that, that they are internally illuminated. They yeah. know, um, for sign gantries, that's uh, fairly unusual in the UK, I think. It's right? very unusual. Yeah. And yeah. I think... Uh, they were the only real places that ever experimented outside of Glasgow. London had a, they had a big thing for internally lit signs, mm-hmm. but they they all bit the dust yeah. in the early two thousands when TfL took over. Yeah. Um. The the West Way was particularly well known for having mm-hmm. backlit signs, as was mm-hmm. the uh, the short bit of the East Cross Street. So it's probably a safe bet that the whole of the if the unbuilt London motorway network would have had backlit signs, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, outside of that, they were Manchester used to have them on the Mancunian Way, mm-hmm. but only on the gantries. The, the the regular signs were overhead lights. Right. Um, they didn't last very long either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leeds still has some surviving examples, uh, which are built into overbridges. Yes, we've, we've seen, seen that. Yes. We've seen yeah. that. We've visited mm-hmm. these cities. Yeah. They're nineteen sixty-five, I think. Vintage. They're the original signs, and they are very faded, very difficult to see, and I don't think the backlights work either. But they're right. still there, and yeah. they're a nice little bit of a yeah. road history. <laughs> <laughs> to give you, to give people some technical info behind them, I mean, initially what they had was they had multiple banks of fluorescent lights, mm-hmm. uh, fifty-two watt, five foot fluorescent buttons, yeah. um, stacked from top to bottom in rows, and they were all in different phases. So that you were talking about out, yeah. strip lights, strip lights, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, that changed over the years through the nineteen nineties. There was a redesign. Um, they were looking into energy efficiency, reduced maintenance. What they came up with was a signature signs developed uh, light box. Uh, signature signs of Birmingham um, mm. they developed a, a system where there were four or six or eight depending on the size of the sign um, lamps 400 watt white lamps at either corner at each corner uh, they would shine light up a photographic film lighting tube and that light would then be distributed evenly across the sign face um, that was fine for a while but then the light uh, the, the, the lamps started to go out of favour because of the, the amount of energy that they were drawing mm. they were melting everything around them because of the heat that was generated yeah. by them and uh, we started to move towards led and the m74 completion uh, was the first uh, the, the first system. of them to have the leds and that was then subsequently retrofitted into mm. the newer uh, the refurbishment of the existing gantries but this might be a good point to mention that initially the gantries were probably more compliant than they are now in that mm. they had a full height full height acrylic with, with the white lines but arrows 
permanently displayed above the carriageway yeah. digitally. Yeah, they were. It was, I think again, this was an interesting one. The, the the arrows, and you can see pictures of this on the uh, Glasgow Motorway Archive website. So don't don't worry if you can't visualise it. There'll be. Yeah. Plenty out there for you to find. So this is where we normally see the forties or the red X. Yes, there was, there was a there was an arrow. There was a, a downward pointing arrow, and it was um it, it it's different to the ones used in lane control. You see, like in Birmingham, where there's a big green arrow and the red crosses. Now they're a different design entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the ones in Glasgow were a very thin thin arrow, and it was effectively just a small triangle of lights at the bottom. So it was a, it was a it was a barbed arrow, and this fulfilled the function of the downward pointing arrow that's conventional. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that remained active for the first few years that the system was on, um, certainly until the, the late 80s anyway. Not quite sure of the exact time when they went away from weaving it switched on permanently, mm-hmm. um, but they, they kind of moved away from that. They also had to redesign the sign face because the full height acrylic system failed in a number yeah. of cases. It was found that there were dynamics uh, from wind and uh, changes in pressure within the box that were resulting in fractures in the, the thin perspex or um, sort of acrylic um, and there was a couple of failures uh, that resulted in some injuries to, to road users and that led to a very quick redesign and that's what led to what we have now that clamped arrangement where you've got the thick black bar um, along the middle um, and then a solid panel um, on top and one below so it's two rows of thicker acrylic um, mm-hmm. although it's changed to strengthen it yeah it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a much stronger system um, things have moved on again since then we won't bore people with the technical details but it's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost completely different again but that left that, that black or grey bar through the middle that's something to um, look out for when you next go on yeah. the entry. you see that black bar that goes horizontally across it mm-hmm. to yeah. strengthen it yeah because yeah, um, yeah, in some respects actually though that, that changeover did help with the clarity of the signals because the old full acrylic has You'll see again if you look up the pictures on the website, the red and amber beacons actually shared the same coloured background yeah. as the main sign. So it actually you didn't have the same contrast where normally the background would be black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, until very recently, I think you possibly got rid of this one now. Yeah. But going into the Clyde Tunnel, one of the gantries on the approach there, yeah, it's got a a white backed. Uh, top half, mm-hmm. but there was a green yeah. back lower half, From which the, was still an original type yeah. signal. I don't know if that has that, has that survived. It's, it's still there. It was replated again for the the changes to the hospital um, yeah, when the Southern General right. Hospital became the Queen Elizabeth. Of, Queen it's, Elizabeth it's dark Hospital. though. That's the only thing, so you don't really see it. Yeah, there's no lighting in it now. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That was that was probably the last of the original sort of um, styles there. The, the, those gantries maintained by the City Council have had much less investment. They're than a great those. time yeah. capsule if yeah. you want to see what they used to look like, so you yeah. can get a visualise what Stuart and Brendan are saying here yeah you know? yeah very much so yeah yeah those things um there is there is a point i'd like to make i'm going to pose to both of you slightly controversial but you know the glasgow gantries we've established were uh, a pioneering a wayfaring thing for signposting within urban routes at the time why now is that they are in a unique thing we've got new road schemes that are using you know normal gantries why hasn't there been a push to replace the glasgow gantries and have them standardized and how would you feel about something like that well, suppose it comes down to money, mm-hmm. and the, what's there is, is seen to work. Um, okay, it's not very adaptive when it comes to the ITS equipment. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we have speed limits on these things, but they're yeah. advisory. We're yeah. all smart motorways of the rage. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're hearing all about this. So, what, what, what's your feelings if that was that was to be taken? I would be, from a historic um, sort of heritage point of view, I would be disappointed to see yeah. changes made to see them go because they are a feature of the Glasgow system. Uh, my view is that they, they work. Yeah. The, the, the function um, although I appreciate that they perhaps don't provide the modern messages and, and, and lane information that maybe we're used to on other more modern schemes Yeah. Um, but to adapt them would be difficult mm-hmm. and expensive I mean you can imagine how close some of these junctions are together in Glasgow Yeah. how it would be to, I mean Bryn if you were faced with this task, if somebody came to you and said I want you to redesign all of the Glasgow countries and have them as normal ones that's a, that's a job I mean I think when I when I blogged about this, I think we worked out because I did ask Stuart for some guidance on this when I wanted mm. to do some notes. But I think there's at least 130 of these yeah, yeah. types of gantry, and and the di- and the other interesting thing is they don't specify distances to junctions either, which no. is something you will 
probably not have noticed if you drive under them every single day. The junction numbers are there, but there is not a single yeah. distance plate in the whole city of Glasgow. The locations <laughs> of the, where they're situated are, are, is non-standard. Yeah. Um, and in, that generally, they've tried to keep a minimum of three per junction, but I think actually the standard says four now, is that right? I think that's, yeah, because it, it used to be, I mean, you, you used to have um, an option for a mile or two-thirds of a mile. Then. Yeah. Uh, quarters of a mile was always frowned upon. That was later allowed. Mm-hmm. But I think in Glasgow you've got situations where you're, you're looking at yards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and to put to try and, to try and standardise, and the, the, the motorway itself is non-standard. It's an urban yeah. motorway. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. a law unto itself. <laughs> and I think, to it be is. honest, that you need to treat it as a individual piece of... Yeah. Of road. You can't you can't go and apply a fully um, TSRGD compliant series of signs no. to, to to have a, a sign for say let's say Townhead Junction Fifteen mm-hmm. to have that sign posted especially because it's got uh, wrong side entries and exits yeah yeah y- you'd be looking at an absolutely insane amount of work to design gantries to current correct and in fact you wouldn't be able to anyway because. Offside exits don't exist in the TSIGD, so yeah. they'd have to be specially approved anyway. So if yeah, you've got yeah. to go through that rigmarole, yeah. you might as well just keep what you've got, mm-hmm. yeah, and just not bother trying to be standards compliant. Sometimes, sometimes you have to think, well, rules can be bent a little bit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is a case well, where it's okay. Glasgow is you you said it quite well. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a law unto itself. It's a bespoke thing, and I'm glad that some higher up seem to think that, and we've not had them. Mm-hmm. replace you know yeah yeah so there we go no i would agree on that definitely um in terms of other signage in the, yes. in the glasgow the sort of glasgow motorway system mm-hmm. um Brent, what's your general thoughts on and just the, the general signage on the more so on the urban routes mm-hmm. on the urban sections because again there's been a lot of interference over the years and some of the original signs that were there are gone or long gone yeah um you know like okay we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have signage at the side of the road like eds size advanced directional signage or whatever mm-hmm. but at junctions and things we would have route confirmation so you know route numbers mm-hmm. and, and arrows and things pointing off most of them are gone now but do you have any general thoughts on, on how glasgow is signed as a motorway uh, yeah. this, this is a, a general and in my view disappointing trend it's not just unique to glasgow that what, okay. what i like to call the sort of ancillary signs seem to be being forgotten about and uh, route confirmation signs in particular seem to be dying out uh, which is ridiculous in my view because they're still very helpful well this is the route confirmation just so people who don't know this is one that tells you what road you're on and how many miles it is to the destinations yeah. along the route yeah and it's a really useful thing to have i mean of course because not yeah, everybody's yeah. driving around with a sat nav and no. Sometimes it's just nice to have that reassurance that you have gone the right way because sat navs occasionally, well, you'll know yourselves. But well, they're never updated. They're aren't never they? updated, and <laughs> you get, a, and especially in places like Glasgow where you've got multiple parallel carriageways. Yeah, sat navs can't cope with that. So what you're actually getting, instead of it telling you you're going the right way, you've got recalculating. Yeah, recalculating, yeah. <laughs> which isn't heavy, you know helpful when you've got your diverge. Uh, and if you're else, in the you know? middle of that it's plantation <laughs> interchange, isn't it, with the M77? If you're That's in, right. Yeah. If you're in the middle of that, the last thing you want is am I going towards Carlisle or am I going off towards the dreaded Tradeston one way yeah. system yeah. the last thing you want is recalculating so yeah. things like the confirmation signs are quite handy to have and yeah. they are disappearing in great numbers from uh, from a lot of motorways and I think it's just because a lot of people who are in charge with sign design these days don't realise that these are part of the overall system Yeah. I, one sign, for example, um, uh, it wasn't a confirmation sign, and again, it's, it's, it has been a, a couple of years since I last got up to Glasgow, which I'm very disappointed about. I need to get up there again. Absolutely. We've had to come down to you. But yeah. I, I mean, this is, how, this is how desperate it's got. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. It's terrible. I mean, I always I love having my holidays up in Scotland. I've just had yeah. a chance recently. And, it's okay. But some of the good signs I used to like, because of the bizarre layouts that exist, and they are bizarre, but I love them for that. Um <laughs> You used to get a sign that there used to be one near Plantation, actually. I think it went with the M74 completion, but as you came under the M77 merge, it wasn't a confirmation sign as such, but it was very reassuring because it simply said, next exit, and I think it was Junction 19. Yeah, uh, that's right. Because obviously you couldn't couldn't come off for the Clydeside Expressway because of the barrier arrangement on the Kingston Bridge. So your next exit, if you you missed the slip road at Plantation and you were after the city centre, yeah. 
you basically mm. had to go up to Anderson <laughs> yeah, and come back. Come back yeah. yeah, so signs like that were quite useful to have. But was that the yellow plated ones? Uh, no, this was a blue one, mm. and it, yeah, yeah, it, it just used to say next junk. Uh, I think it was next exit junction nineteen or something. Yeah. There's, there's still one um, just after Charing Cross when you come round mm. from Charing mm. Cross, and there's the lane gain coming on from Charing Cross. There's one there that says next exit junction fifteen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is, it just gives you as, as Brent and, says, some reassurance. And that you? is yeah. a unique sort of route confirmation sign because I've only ever seen those in Glasgow. But right. they're really yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. You've got an eye for these things, you know. Yeah, yeah nice. I, I, I'm a nightmare to travel anywhere with because I'll be driving. <laughs> the, watch the road, not the signs. Yeah. Uh, oh, look at that sign. Oh, I've not seen one of those for it. Oh, what's that? It was quite funny. I mean, while we were coming up here um, from the restaurant, you know, you did give us a lift and you took us round some of your your projects, which I loved. Yes, I, I, say, I, I have a. <laughs> You're in black, I, right? It's nice to show somebody who, my immediate family now in Ivory. I say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we're not just going for a drive to look at things that you did. No, uh, no, no, no. no. We, we're going to go and look at um, uh, uh, what can I make as an excuse here? Um, there's a. There's a, um, and a, and a, oh, we're going looking at the signs I did, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're quite right to be proud of some of the things that, that you do, especially when you're doing them right and so many people are doing them wrong. Yeah, I mean, there are a few howlers on there. One of the big discussions on Sabre, the roads forums, is botched road signs. Yep. There are, so, yeah. So, they, can, Bryn, can you be, from you, can we have some great examples of botched road signs? Oh, there's an entire industry you could set up on this, <laughs> yeah. the botch hunters. Anything, anything in Scotland that, that, that's really caught your eye, that really annoys you, and maybe somebody listening to this might think, I can actually get that dealt with. So, you know, any, think of any anything at all that you can think of over the top uh, of your Well, uh, some people won't thank me for this, because uh, <laughs> it's still in the midst of uh, quite a few uh, issues, isn't it? But Aberdeen... Mm. The Aberdeen Western Peripheral Route. Right. Yeah. It okay. was a golden opportunity. A brand, biggest road project being built in the UK at the moment. It's certainly the longest. Long, yep. Yeah. It's, it, yep. it's bigger than the A14, which is its closest contender. Yeah. Um, yep. And unfortunately, whoever is responsible for the signs, and I don't like to really criticise too much because yep. they probably did the best they could, but yep. the signs aren't great. Okay. They're, they're a little bit too complex. There's this weird thing what they've gone for, which doesn't really work in my view where they've gone for a90 north a90 south and yeah. then worked from that and most most people in the united kingdom don't navigate off compass points that's a very distinctly american way of doing things yes. right uh-huh. um we tend to work on the basis of control destinations which is the nearest or in some cases not necessarily the nearest but the most important town along mm-hmm. the route so yeah. in the case of the a90 it could be something like dundee Oh, well, yeah, south, yeah, and the north could be uh, Peterborough. It, uh, sorry, uh, Peterborough, yeah. and uh, Fraserburgh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, a bit it, wrong end of the country. Uh, P- there. Peterborough, if you, yeah, well, Peterborough, that would be that would be a good. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it's <laughs> technically part of the same trunk road, isn't it? The A one day. It all leads to the same place. Yeah, um, but yeah, that is actually worth because, um, in particular, it used to be uh, if you went up Anderson Drive in Glasgow. It was all at Glasgow, sorry, at Aberdeen. It's all right. I'm talking about the wrong city altogether. Now it's different, different end of the country. Um, but the the Anderson Drive, it used to be signposted Dundee in one direction, mm-hmm. and as you say, Peterhead in the other. Yeah. Um, that worked, and then obviously Inverness made an appearance because of the A96. Yeah. But the new system seems to get rid of all that and goes very very local orientated. So you've got A90 North, mm-hmm. and then you'll have some of the suburbs of Aberdeen, which the western peripheral route's not designed for local traffic. It, it's no, I mean it doesn't have a huge amount of junctions on it. No, I mean I've it, not visited it myself yet. Neither have you, Stuart. You know, so there's, there's the pictures that are out. There's yeah. lots of people. People have been following this one very closely because it yeah. has got a lot of interest with it being such a major. And it was a very controversial road project as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the new signs don't really follow the old sort of logic and. Mm-hmm. I think with it being a route for strategic traffic, that's a bit of a missed opportunity now. You're feeling this with this far too much clutter on these clutter, sides. Yeah, we, it happens in the urban areas as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to have a, a continual battle with um, the local authority when I worked here in Blackburn and the belief that everything should be on signs and not... What people don't realise when it comes to sign design, is that traffic signs, are there, especially direction signs, they're not there for locals. Locals know where they're going. They don't need mm. to be told. This is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why the signs in Glasgow on the M8 all say Stirling 
Edinburgh and Carlisle. It's to reassure the long distance traffic. If you were to use some of the the thought processes that get banded about now, mm-hmm. instead of having Stirling, Carlisle and Edinburgh, the M8 would just be signed to Easterhouse. Yeah. And yeah. that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's not a more strategic destination that you're seeing there. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, it may be my opinion differs because I like the regional destinations that are more popular in England like the lakes mm. the north the south I do like these yeah. personally but that's just a personal thing I, 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 I mean, yeah, the I, I, that's a good point to chuck in a bit about a Glasgow Gantry when the M74 completion was being was being prepared and um, <clears throat> they had a look at the signage design and they saw that on the southbound carriageway all it was mm-hmm. going to say was Carlisle M74 yeah. mm-hmm. and, and the sign manufacturer who had been appointed by the contractor made the suggestion, well, why don't we put the South, yeah. Carlisle, M74, just to fill the space, yeah. to make it look more, you know, well used, better Because this is the main road to England. Yeah, yeah. to, make, to be better used. Yeah. And, and it was handed in to whoever, <laughs> and it was declined, it was uh, it was rejected out of hand, um, because they said, no, 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 no we, don't, we don't have that, we're not having that here. Uh, so, yeah, that's Which is point. odd, because you go down past Junction 4 and you start seeing the South. The south yeah, south, the, yeah, the really old gantry that was, it was... Almost a Glasgow gantry. Yeah. You, you may remember this one. Uh, I think they're all the way, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it was almost a Glasgow. The one approaching the uh, Octopus Junction at Motherwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That um, was the, the Open Trust. The, the Open, Open Trust, Trust which gantry, was, yeah. yeah. That very famously said the South yeah. Carlisle. Yeah. Yeah. And it also still referenced the old A74. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rest its soul. Yeah. Oh, don't, wor- <laughs> don't worry about that. South Lanarkshire Council put up some new signs recently just around about Junction 10, 11 when they removed the old dual carriageway. And they decided that they would put up the new bright white um, non-primary signs with mm-hmm. E74 Carlisle on it. So nice. some some idiot um, <laughs> who clearly just copied this previous sign that was there never yeah. thought the fact that the road had been away for 20 years. Uh, yeah, it happens all the time. This is a yeah. major problem with them. And Aberdeen, to go back to that, they've mm-hmm. actually not been too bad. They've been quite proactive at... Uh, cover plating for the third yeah. time mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, some of the signs were cover plated when the uh, A90 was created because yeah. we've got the interesting situation now Aberdeen's joined the ranks of a couple of other places mm-hmm. where a road number started off as one thing mm-hmm. and then changed and then changed back it's gone back so, so it's gone A92 yeah. A90 back, right. back to A92 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. it's fascinating yeah. I, I must admit as someone who is generally interested in signage things like that really annoy me mm-hmm. you know seeing all that money spent and all that new signage on the old East Others, the B7066 yeah. Um, yeah. seeing all that signage changed and then to refer to A74 Carlisle yeah. alright even Maybe they were getting mixed up because it's E74M. I know that throws a few people, mm. but it was disappointing. It really was disappointing to see that. Yeah, I, I call yeah. that design by Google Street. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. No proper yeah. site. That, that sign, uh, oh, it's on Google Street View. It says A74. Well, yeah. that must be right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. unfortunately, nobody's quite got the skill. I mean, this is a genuine industry wide problem at the moment. Sign design is. Uh, a lost art and they're trying to redress this Um, one of the things you can do now if you're a sign designer is you can you can do um, I'm I'm sort of plugging this now actually but I'm a member of the Institute of Highway Engineers and one of the things they do is a professional professionally recognised certificate in traffic sign design at one point Department for Transport were looking at making it that to work on an English trunk road at least you'd have to have this certificate Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the skill shortage is such that to put that requirement in would yeah. uh, shut down most of the uh, motorway agents. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. MACs would be absolutely yeah. they'd be lost because they'd have yeah. to. And it's a similar situation in Scotland where people who are involved in signage design, I mean, it's generally on the operating companies in Scotland, it's just mm-hmm. replacement like for like. That's right. And going back to that street view thing yeah. that Bryn's saying. Yeah. But. When you, I mean, what, what, when this happens, you've seen maybe colleagues do this or other or used to do this. Is there not a double checking in place? They're supposed to be, and um, in my current job, um, I won't say who I work for, but my current job, um, I can't get a drawing out the office without it being checked and approved. Yeah, and um, we're, we're the same. Again, we we have similar somewhat experience. But that that system collapses if the person who's doing the checking and approving doesn't know what they're doing. And they might be very good. They might be, f- <coughs> they might be very good at what they do in the general. But specialisms might, like traffic signs, that might not, that might not be their their mm. cup of tea. They might not have a clue. They might just not care. Yeah. So they'll just sign it off. Does it? Does it say? Right. Well. Well. Okay. That sign says Carlisle. It's pointing towards Carlisle. 
big tick. Doesn't matter that the A seventy four reference is wrong. It says Carlisle. Exactly. There's just one element that's correct about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that bit's correct. So yeah, it must be right. It must be right. So that that's just one of those unfortunate things again. And the only way that'll ever sort of tie is through improved training and a bit more commitment from budget holders to tech side seriously. Yeah. So when when I used to go see John Cullen and some of the other original designers who were involved in the in, in the planning for Glasgow and various other things, the signage was a was a key part of it. You know, they, they were very keen to involve people from from adjacent local authorities and and people with you know other agencies and whatnot to ensure that it was as accurate and correct as it could be. And the guys who were involved in it were experts. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were signage experts. They weren't just engineers who've been Put on the signage side yeah, of things, it's you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen now because I think the way major projects are operate. I mean, back in those days, everyone had a specialism. So you mm-hmm. you had a you had your resident engineer who oversaw the whole project. Yeah. Then you'd have a signs guy, you'd yeah. have a curbs guy, a drainage guy, and everything was all done. All, all the uh, it, it's sort of still. It's sort of. St- I think the legacy of that is it, 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 this is very technical now. If you don't work in civil engineering or highways or whatever, this will probably be meaningless. But we have what's called um, the specification for highway works. Well, we do in England. I'm, I'm guessing no, up no, in Scotland. Uh, yeah, so, no, it's, 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 it's so, same in Scotland. Yeah. So you divide your, your project into a bunch of series. Yeah. And then traffic signs is down in series twelve hundred. That's right. Which yeah. gives you same an indica- road markings. Yeah, it yeah. gives you an indication of how important they view that. That it, it comes well after everything else. It comes after the drainage. It comes after the curbs. Yeah. And yeah. then it's ah twelve hundred traffic signs. And I think once you get past that, you're looking at things like ancillary measures such as. I think traffic lights is thirteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, but once you get past that, that's it. It's, yeah. It, 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 so it's almost it's in the I, I call it the afterthought category. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, right. That's that's right. Now for some of the, for some of the people who are listening, that, yeah. this might be a, a new thing to them. The fact yeah, they're probably driving around going, Do you know what? I drive past road signs every day, and I've probably said, there's never been a problem. Yeah. What are these? So, what are these guys really getting? Yeah. At and, and the fact are that we being pedants? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that there are standards and specifications yeah. that cover not just signs but all sorts of works. Uh, on the highways in the UK, you know that might be news to people. Uh, but everything that, that that's done is 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 directed certainly away from local authority roads, mm-hmm. um, by the design manual for roads and bridges and the specification for highway works, and that determines what what you can do and what you can't do. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to to do things that aren't uh, specified within that, you need to apply for departure from standard. Yeah. They need to be approved, um, by whichever roads authority is in charge, be it Transport Scotland, Highways England, or whoever. So you know there are controls in place that are supposed to. So what you're saying things. is we're not making up as you go along no exactly, no, exactly. yeah no you, you know. you'll, you'll, you'll rapidly find yourself on the receiving end of mm-hmm. someone shouting at you very loudly <laughs> if you try and wing it um, yeah. and yeah. especially with uh, road safety audit processes as well yeah um, which again uh, just quickly explain that if you're not sure what that is if you oh, propose a major change to a road um, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually am a road safety auditor as well. And mm-hmm. um, what happens is you submit it off for a road safety audit, and then they review it. They don't make any technical recommendations, but they just look at it. Well, a driver might do this, that, or the other, and we recommend mm-hmm. that you look at doing. So, if you have a bend on your on your road scheme, and there's let's say if, if it's a new build road, mm-hmm. it's not usually as much of a problem. Let's say it's an existing road. You look at a bend, and you go, well. Could a driver come off the road at this point? Could they lose control? How do we mm-hmm. control that? And how do we reduce the risk? Mm-hmm. And that's what road safety audits are for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's how that's why you have to follow the specification because these will be referred to by your road safety audit. They will say, well, clause eight or three, for for example, is a it's a road surfacing clause. They'll say, well, you've not you've not complied with clause eight or three. Mm-hmm. That could cause a vehicle to skid and therefore you need to comply with clause eight. And the problem again with this road safety audits then fall down because they could only really comment on road safety matters. Yeah. And to go back to this Carlisle A seventy four example, mm. does that cause a road safety hazard? And well, no, no, no. It, it, it's, it's an erroneous it, sign. It's a wrong sign. It's yeah. giving wrong information, but it won't cause somebody to put the car on the roof and die. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it you can't really comment on it. No, but what I have always done when I've done road safety audits and I've spotted terrible signs within the design, I always put either a separate miscellaneous comments at the end of the audit, or I use the wonderful catch-all phrase, 
may cause confusion. Yeah. Which could yeah. result in a collision. Yeah. See, that's nebulous enough that, that somebody could go, oh, no, you know, we don't want to ignore that because it might mean confusion equals accident. Well, yeah, yeah. the view I take is uh, you're supposed to be able to translate the information presented on a, on a road sign within something like three or four seconds. Mm-hmm. So yes. if a sign isn't designed very well to begin with, it's going to take you longer to process that information. And if you're struggling to process the information, you either hit the brakes... Yeah. Or your eyes wander, yeah. and if yeah, you're not, if you're, you're too busy lost. looking over to the left, oh, there's a see a brake lights in front, bang, yeah. rear end shunt. Yeah. So talking about this, there's actually a point I want to hang on here, and you're talking about looking at signs, processing the information quickly. There was something I heard about British road signs in particular, why we don't have them all in capitals, and we have them in you know, yes, mixed case. Yeah. Uh, now, mean, before- why, why is that beneficial? That that is a very good point. This now before nineteen sixty four, mm-hmm. our traffic signs actually were all in capitals. Yeah, um, the pre war boys. The, the pre war boys system. Yes. Um, yeah. Now the problem is with all capital letters, and um, this is one of the problems with the French traffic sign system, which uses all capitals. Yeah. The shapes of letters, your brain can process shapes of letters before the word, so it can figure out what the message is before you actually get to it. So, for example, lowercase letters have descenders and ascenders. Mm-hmm. So a G, you know, is a G. Mm-hmm. I mean, from distinctive. A, yeah, from a very from a very far distance, it might look like a nine. But if mm-hmm. your typeface is designed correctly, which I think Transport is a wonderful typeface for this purpose. Yeah, which is the typeface used. Which is the typeface used on British signs and quite yeah. a few other countries in the world. We have exported that to other countries. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the top of my head. Uh, Portugal, they use it. Right. Um, the Republic of Ireland use a <laughs> variant of it. They use a bold version. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't look as good as ours, but they still use it. <laughs> That's no surprise. Um, <laughs> well, we have to go and see some of these. Yeah, I've been yeah. in Portugal, I've never noticed. But yeah, go but, on. Uh, Dubai. Dubai. Right, Dubai yeah. uses mm-hmm. the transport type. You find right. a lot of former British colonies that are now independent countries. For example, Kenya. Yep. They have... Uh, in fact, they practically use the 1980s sign system. They use green signs and white signs, right. and mm-hmm. yeah, they're they they're using transport. So it, it's it's a worldwide it's a worldwide typeface. Uh, I think even Iceland use it, mm-hmm. um, and they they all use it for the same reason that in lowercase it is really easy to work out what the letters are from a distance. You can tell the shape of the word, and that is a lot better for legibility. Whereas yeah. capital letters are very shouty. Yeah. They are. Yeah, but, when somebody sends you an email or in capital, oh, yes. shout, don't, don't shout at me. Yeah. <laughs> but there is one interesting one interesting aspect of British signs where mm. anything that's on a red background, yeah. so for example, when you see a sign that says new roundabout ahead, new traffic reduce speed now. Yeah, reduce speed now. Lowercase letters on a red background. Are much harder to process to the human eye, so that's why this they. Is this is really that's why they. Eye. That's why they shout at you. It's not just because yeah. it's a safety message, like reduce speed now. <laughs> but yeah. it's um, yeah. it's mm-hmm. because it's easier to read. But you, the the, the trade off is, is that you lose that sort of shape. Mm. You yeah. get because a transport typeface in all capitals, the t- the letter heights are identical. Right. Yeah. Now that's something else I could jump in on at that point and ask you about because a lot of people won't know that we have standard sizes and, and, and what we call X heights yeah. in signage design. Um, now, I, I have some limited knowledge of X heights, and I know that for a standard 70-mile-an-hour motorway, it's a typical 300 X height as a minimum, is that right? Yes. Depends on the width, I thought. Uh, no, the, the, height? the X height is determined uh, from a lowercase letter X. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is actually a graphic design um, feature. This was this is something that graphic designers often deal with as well. So when they're making posters or whatever, they're dealing hex heights. Yeah. And effectively, they use the x height to determine the the well the x height then determines what's called the tile height. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you draw a box around each individual letter. Now back in the old days before computer aided design, uh, letter tiles were done either using letter set which involved like stamping each individual yeah. letter onto yeah. a drawing or they were they were done by hand yeah and there was i think that probably takes us back to why there's a lot less incentive to get these things wrong yeah, uh, yeah. because yeah. if you spent three and a half hours hand drawing 
each individual sign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've misspelt something. <laughs> yeah. It's nice yeah, to get nowadays in CAD, it's uh, in, five seconds, isn't in it? In CAD, it underlines it in red and you just ignore yeah. it because it's that annoying paperclip. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So you're coming back. So coming back to like yeah. Glasgow gantries, for example. So mm. basically, the, the principle is: the faster the road, the higher the letters are. The bigger the letters are supposed that, to be. That's that's the principle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, sometimes it can't be done because obviously the bigger the X act, the bigger the sign. Yeah. And yeah. In, I know in Glasgow certainly that there have been some issues mm. um, with achieving a 300 X site in some gantries, and in some cases that has actually gone down as low as 100. Um, if, yeah. So if, if somebody's driving north on the M77 north of junction two um you'll see some really small letters and some of yeah. the signage there and that yeah. was all departure level uh, changes um, yeah i mean that, yeah you've got to bear in mind that the 300 mil x height that is effectively the letter x is a foot yeah it's a I foot high right. Twi- nobody yeah, realizes actually yeah. how big road signs are oh, yeah. they are they yeah. are mm-hmm. massive you yeah. just whiz past them every day but they're yeah. huge yeah. yeah i mean you're looking i mean when the earliest motorways were built the preston bypass for example yeah. The the newspapers of the time looked at these signs and they report these are as big as houses, <laughs> and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah. There are there are especially if you've got a, a roundabout, for example, mm-hmm. all these different bits of information you've got to put on an ADS. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for a motorway sign for approaching a roundabout, for example. It's on conventional posts. Mm-hmm. It's not unknown for that to be nearly six seven meters high. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a mm-hmm. huge square meterage. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and when when you think six or seven meters, just put that into context. The an average overbridge is six meters high. The clearance is six meters. Yeah, that's, that's sixteen foot six in old money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can imagine this is the size you're dealing with. So you've got to you've got to try and fit that over a live motorway, and then you've got to factor in wind loading, and you've also got to factor in that, especially in urban parts of Glasgow, that the the the, the uh, sight light. At the vertical and horizontal viewpoints, yeah, often restricted. I mean, you come yeah. out of the um, Charing Cross Tunnel, yeah, you're not going to be able to see a sign that's five, six meters high off the no. top of a gantry because no. the, the the lid of the tunnel's not that high. In that, in, you know, so yeah. you've got to be able to read these signs from a distance. And yeah. ultimately, yeah, the letter I it, it it's that's why it's not really mandated that it sh- it, it's advised that it's a 300 mil letter mm-hmm. but again the glasgow system sort of it, it bends that rule but it, i don't think it causes a major no. problem no no okay right well thinking about some questions then for bryn all right mm-hmm. let's put bryn, is this, let's put is bryn this, on the is yeah, because we've not got any questions from many of you guys the listeners this time. No, yeah no. so bryn if we were to ask you what your favorite sign is <laughs> what's your favorite sign what was your favorite sign be well when i was little uh, for reasons that I still don't know, uh, it's just something I used to like when I was very little. My very absolute favourite sign was the falling rocks. All right, yeah, triangular yeah, yeah, yeah. sign. I think it's just because it looked so daft. All it these looks things, so dramatic. All these boulders <laughs> tumbling down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have that many round this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why it was like, because it was rare. Yeah. Um, I think the nearest one to Blackburn is probably way out on the uh, Clitheroe Bypass where it goes mm. through a, an open-faced rock cutting. Right, yeah. And I, I do like when roads do that. When that's, that's the yeah. nice features, aren't they, when roads yeah. just go through a, a solid... <laughs> solid <laughs> lever, which goes past Blackburn has about three or four sections that are in open rock cutting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, one, so. one of the joys of living in a hilly area. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a kind of stunning feature. And yeah. obviously we get a lot of that in Scotland as well. We do. Yeah. All right, well, well, John, what's your favourite sign? Um, probably the one uh, with the tank on it. Oh, the tank <laughs> cross. Yes. I was just thinking of that. I love that one. That is rare. Yeah. That is um, rare. I think there is, is it not only in one place? Is it not only on the A66? Yes, there's a section on the A66. I think it's near Kirby Thor. Yeah. And the the they're actually very dramatic because they've even got the amber beacons attached. That's in, right. So they, you, the rifle they, range, you, there's it? a rifle range yeah. and an yeah. M- I think mm-hmm. it's an army or an MOD proving yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the risk of military vehicles crossing is considered <laughs> to be quite high. So, yeah, that is a very good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one with a toad on it as well. Yes, migratory toad crossing. Which, uh... <laughs> so why is this a hazard, right? Because we're all talking about triangles here, aren't we? We're talking about warning signs. Warning. Yes. You know. mm-hmm. um, well, the migratory toad is usually protected species. Yeah, Stuart? I, what do you oh, think? Your I, personally, I think my favourite is the one-way arrow. The, the white arrow in the blue background. I think it's just strangely it's simple. so simple and it just does does a job. So easily ignored as well, yeah. as we know. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
They they're especially fancy because um again back in the days when all regulatory signs had to be lit they used to get a lot of those they were internally lit yes mm. yes and big massive chunky uh, yeah. big massive chunky grey boxes mm. and yeah. this little arrow in the middle of it favourites of mine I I love mm. still love the Bras in in Wisher, um near near mother where, where I'm from originally mm-hmm. um there, there were a few internally illuminated give way uh, triangles. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I yes. remember in the late eighties and, and early nineties before they were uh, before they were removed, and, and I love those signs. I love internal illuminated signs of any kind, and it's great to see that it's actually making a bit of a comeback. It's making a comeback because of the um, wonderful advances in technology. The problem yeah. with the early uh, internally lit signs was they used like a fiberglass uh, yeah. sheet, and that um, frayed and. The design yeah. stuff looked like it was bleeding. It looked like, yeah, and they, yeah. they looked like they were cracked. And yeah. They, yep. they faded yep. and then the light wouldn't come through. And of course, well. it would be a single bulb or maybe two bulbs yeah. in them as well. They were usually uh, similar to the fluorescent arrangements in Glasgow, but at yeah. a much, much smaller scale, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they used to be sort of angled in uh, like a triangular formation, especially mm-hmm. on circular signs. And you could see where the, the light wasn't escaping through. So you just got these yeah. like two streaks. And yeah, the, the, the early um, backlit signs, but they weren't. They, they were also susceptible to vandalism. Yeah. So, yeah. but the new ones are also they they cover the and this is one that is very important because some some manufacturers don't do this. Um, the new ones actually have reflective sheeting, so if the light fails, <laughs> it's it still works. I see what you mean. Glasgow Gandhi should have had that feature. The, the diamond yeah. grade uh, or mm. three 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 D D three G D G three D G three D G three branding very naughty. If you put that on a specification, three M system. You can't put that on specifications. The D F T shout at you. You have to you have to do that. other other products other, are available yeah, or other similar approved. Yeah, like or, in, or approved. Yeah, similar yeah. approved. That's a that's a good cop yeah, out for the, the Glasgow yeah. box. And I won't go into too much detail here, but the Glasgow Gantry box, the the illuminated box, the rights to that is owned by one particular manufacturer um there are a couple other suppliers who can do similar but it's it's a tricky one yeah when you yeah. Get, you know there, when there was get... there was a there was a slight controversy a few years ago when the department for transport issued some uh what they call mass authorizations which allowed you to use non-standard signs yeah and one of them was for the flexible uh, chevrons you might see these on roundabouts where they look like they chevron look like flex. Yeah. Chevron flex. Yes. Chevron, well there you go yeah. and what the dft <laughs> what the dft did in their infinite wisdom was that the approved rowing was mm. the technical specification from glasden right yeah and then immediately all the other manufacturers who make the same uh, similar types yeah. of products said, well what you've just done there is specified a single manufacturer yeah and yeah. It ended up with a huge furore. Oh, yeah. The DFT had to withdraw that information. Right. And then they released a red-acted version right. that just yeah. took Glasden's name <laughs> off. It was, it, was, it was a very, uh, it was a red face moment yeah. for all involved. Yeah. And that is very, you've got to be so careful with what you're doing, especially in a competitive tendering environment. Yeah, because against European procurement law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might not be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we crash out with no deal on the... Crash out with no deal. Yeah, with, with the CE, CE, regu- you know, the CE markings on the back of signs, you'd be, you'd be able to get Dell by selling you something out the back of a, out the back of a three-wheeler. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. John, anything you want to quiz Bryn on in particular? That, that... Yeah, it's a wider commentary about just to kind of... Um, a uh, question everything we've been speaking about we talk you know a little bit about smart motorways we talk a little bit about sat navs the future what's going to happen with signs because let's let's face it you know we could be 50 years from now most cars are autonomous so we have a kind of an augmented reality that superimposes right. things well, i hope not i hope i'm dead before that <laughs> Or is is there a point to that? Are we always going to... Well, are we going to need road signs? Well, let me put it this way. Right. The Romans had direction signs. Right. They had milestones. Yeah. So if, if it was if it was needed 2,000 years ago, I'm going to I'm gonna hazard a guess that in 2,000 years' time we'll still have some form of physical, mm-hmm. hard physical direction sign, even, even if it's just an arrow to confirm that you're going the right way. I, I don't see them ever disappearing from the roads. Yeah. Uh, Maybe cut down... Because you've already said a lot of these ancillary signs we get, we're not just not getting them anymore. Well, no, the big the big drive now is to reduce clutter, and you'll you'll see. Which you're a fan of. I am a big fan of reducing clutter because you see it all the time. You see, you'll have um you'll have four signs on four posts, and you can put them. You can combine that. You put them on the same post, or you you know. Yeah. There's a lot of this where people just think, oh, it's a new sign. It needs a new post, and it's again, Mm -hmm. it's that it's back to that skill set because they aren't aware of the. 
um, wind loadings or foundation requirements. So they just play it safe, stick a new ball in the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I I don't think signs are disappearing anytime soon. And and this all this talk you get about well the car will uh, the car will generate the traffic sign and beam it up to a heads up display. Yeah, we're we're not we're not we're not we're not playing Forza Four. This is real life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I don't see it happening. I mean, it's all a big it's a big dream of people's, but you know, we're we're not we're not the Jetsons. It's not gonna. No, we're not gonna go. Still gonna have these things. You're still gonna you're still gonna want to have some kind of physical reassurance. I still think we're a long way away with the you know the autonomous vehicles and things like that. So you know, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I know certainly some places in the Middle East in particular have gone all digital with their signage, haven't they? There's mm. LED sign boards and, and, and yeah, you know. well, we, we, we've got that now in this country in places. There well, Coventry, Coventry has yeah, done it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, to explain what that is, briefly, well, the Coventry is. system it, it's not unique to the country, but it's one of probably the biggest equivalent um, that mm-hmm. there is. And this has been discussed on a few of the uh, websites. And our Sabre has mentioned this in particular. And what Coventry did is they got. Um, it's a similar technology to what the motorway signals you see the bit the big the big ones what are called the MS four, yeah. And um, what it does is it, it gives a blank screen and then they can send wireless messages through a through a from a communication center and it can tell you whether there's car parks open directions and it's it's basically a dynamic traffic sign. Yeah. I think that's probably more likely to be the future. Yeah, yeah. So if if a road's busy, it can suddenly say go this way instead of go that way. Yeah. And you could see that happening around Glasgow, for example. I can see in 10, 20 years' time that, for example, you're coming up to Mary Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it congested going up towards the M8? Okay, mm-hmm. then go around the south side of the city. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and that that that's pretty straightforward. I mean, Ed, uh, you know, um, Edinburgh to Glasgow, the M8, for a long time, used journey time on the, um, the motorway signals, on yeah. the gantries. And mm-hmm. yeah. that, that's the start. <laughs> that, I think that's going to carry on. And that's where we're headed. Yeah, I would think that's maybe the more likely kind of... Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is replacing signs with TV screens. You can put whatever you want on them in some ways, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, and I think that, yeah. I think that is likely. I mean, especially especially if people... Informed travellers seems to be the buzzword that's used these days. I mm-hmm. think yeah. telling people there's congestion, telling people there's been, a, there's been an incident and you can avoid yeah. it, or even as simple as tune into your radio. For the the funny one is they all want us to go on Twitter while we're driving. Check oh. the Twitter. We, can, we can't do this. We have. You'd have to check that beforehand. Yeah, the, that. this, the, the one that really annoys me. And Transport <laughs> Scotland have avoided this one, but it's been happening down here. Highways England did this, and it was for more information on these roadworks. Hashtag M60, for example. Yeah. Hashtag uh, six penalty points if you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is stupid. That is just that. Yeah, that's that's a silly. That that is marketing gurus. Yeah. Not, yeah. No, that, that's, that's not people who are, that's who not, are involved that's in not highways. highways yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Well, moving away from signage, then let's let's bring things back local to to Glasgow okay. and the Glasgow system. And Bryn is a fan of the Glasgow yes. system. He knows a lot about the Glasgow system. Yeah. yeah. What is your favourite feature of the Glasgow urban motorway system? Yeah. All oh, this is where to where to start. Yeah. Well. Ah, yeah. Where to, I like <laughs> I like a lot of it. I like I like the fact that a lot of it's. Got the un- the unfinished bits I like. Right, the, right. the fact that the 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 evidence of bigger things is there. Yeah, yeah. But like the ski ramps, the ski ramps, yeah, and the, yeah. the 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 uh, the very tempting offside exit up to the um, to the Mary Hill Motorway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. Oh wait, no. I, I've always <laughs> noticed it's not. Has that been fully? Barried off yet? Because when yeah. it first opened, the old photographs you see, it's just it's just corned off. It's just corned, the temptation yeah. to just oh, let's just go up here and see where well, it leads. Um, at the moment, it's cylindered off instead of cones. But what yeah. happened was they redone the canal a number of years ago. Yes, they... now you could look all the way through there and you could see well the road's going there. But when the canal basin was uh, refurbished. No, it's kind yeah. of yeah. I mean, I mean it was it's no, never going to happen. There was no know? permanent sort of a barrier in there when it opened because Woodside opened in nineteen seventy one. The the expectation was that Mary Hill would be there by nineteen seventy six. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, nah, events. Yeah, events. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the whole the whole night. I mean, it's. <laughs> Especially, you know, you know, you can sort of do laps and you can yeah. do, you can do circuits mm-hmm. and you can get around quite yeah. easily. Um, I mean, it's it's not a city that has a ring road. Really, I mean, most of these things kind of crisscross through it. I mean, most places you can go to, um, you can go to via some high quality route. Yeah, you know, you got eighty, you got seventy seven, you got flights yeah, express. Yeah, yeah, and your mate. And despite the sheer size of Glasgow and its population, it mm-hmm. it never strikes me as being. People in Glasgow often say, "Oh, it's busy, it's horrible, the mm. MH ruined the city." Yeah, yeah. Um, yes and no. 
it, I think I think the way to describe it is necessary evil. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, if I I mean I love urban motorways, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I would ever advocate building if if the M8 wasn't there and yeah. somebody said today. Yeah. Oh, we're going to plow the M8 through Glasgow city centre. I think the reaction would be of abject horror. <laughs> yes. But you got to remember it at the time this was seen, and and the fact that Glasgow had been very fortunate in the Second World War and escaped a lot of uh, yeah. trouble that the rest of the country faced. There were very few bombs dropped on Glasgow. So what yeah. actually happened to Glasgow was that, well, you've got all this Victorian housing that's no longer fit for purpose. We yeah, got to do, we've got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the road was really just a a product of yeah, wider, wider, uh, yeah. Com- yeah, wider issue. And a lot of cities in England never had that. Um, those that were wartime bomb damaged, they mm. they did a lot of that. Coventry, for example, they had a comprehensive sort of redevelopment. But yeah. most places weren't as fortunate as Glasgow in that respect. Roads didn't really come high up on the agenda because the desperate mm. yeah. need was for housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can build all the housing you want. Um, yeah, that's great. But nobody ever seems to think, well, how do you get to and from these houses? Serious, yeah. And I, I think the one advantage with the M8 is that traveling across glasgow is quite easy but it's unfair to say that glasgow's a car dominated place because there's quite a decent it's got a very good suburban rail network yeah there's a very decent railway network you've got the subway which you know outside the only city outside of london to have an actual proper underground yeah i mean it's limited it is a loop that takes you to the west end but as you say but it's it's there it's there i mean i work in manchester and we had to wait until 1992 for a a light rail yeah. system. Your trams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. it. yeah no, it's, yeah. it's very true. It is. It, yeah. you know, Glasgow is well served by forms of public transport as well. And it's, and it's interesting because when you think like the Americans, they built the freeways mm-hmm. and their public transport systems died a death. Yeah. yeah. But Glasgow kept the subway. And yeah. in fact, it, it the M8 actually probably helped drive the modernisation of the subway because some mm. of the stations were in the way and yeah. they were dilapidated. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 all, it all coordinated. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I always remember that uh, John Cullen telling me that, that when they were involved in the design process, they wanted to go somewhere between the American model and the European model. The European model probably being the most aesthetically pleasing to look at. Mm. The American model probably being the best and most efficient highway system you could provide. And they were wanted something, so they wanted something that was going to be really useful, but also nice to look at. Mm. And that was the tried to combine elements of the European and, and the American in their, their process. Mm. Um, and, and that included, you know, maintaining um, public transport and trying to in, in, enhance the urban environment at the same time. So pedestrianisation, um, <coughs> you know, train stations, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, all, it was all combined. It was yeah. all... Um, in the Glasgow city centre itself is unusual, isn't it? I think it actually has an all, almost a perfect grid, which yeah. is yes. very yeah. unusual yeah. for the it's UK. Grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that um, grid system helps, doesn't it? And as, as Glaswegians will know... Uh, Hollywood's often used Glasgow as a stand-in for American yeah. cities. Yeah. It's, right, it's easy, easier yeah. to get the filming right. Yeah. right. yeah, um, yeah. Glasgow stood in for Philadelphia, didn't it? Did, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. And I suppose the other thing about about Glasgow, and John and I have been involved in this traffic flows in the city centre yeah. are still about thirty percent lower than, than they, they were, were in 1960 before the motorway was built. That's that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you, the the main argument against major highway schemes is induced demand. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And what that basically is, for those who haven't heard that phrase, is you build a new road that frees up capacity on the old roads. Yeah. So what happens is people move onto the new road, and mm-hmm. then the the old road becomes quieter. So people start driving again. Yeah. Thinking, well, that road's quiet now. Yeah. So I'll get him. Yeah. Now, for some reason, that's not happened in Glasgow, and the 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 simple answer for that is that. Car ownership in Glasgow is quite low. Yeah, yeah, and it remains that. And it remains yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. is that a symptom of wider things, or is it the public transport network? It, it, it's a huge sociological question. And yeah, it's not one that's a simple answer to. But, no, that's but, right. But yeah. Glasgow hasn't really suffered induced demand in the same way that other areas have. No. Another thing about the, the Glasgow system, we find the congestion is in Glasgow. Quite predictable. It's very predictable. Yeah. Unlike yeah. other parts of the UK where it can be quite, you know, can almost go on all day or sometimes not at yeah. all. Yeah. In Glasgow, you know that from seven in the morning until nine in the morning, it's going to be busy. And the same is going to apply from about four o'clock until about six, six thirty in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes and it goes very quickly. Yeah. You know, yeah. when congestion starts to lift it, within 15, 20 minutes, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that if there's an incident, it doesn't 
cause a lot of chaos or there can be mm. havoc. But the general day-to-day congestion yeah. is fairly, you know, it's yeah. easy to... Yeah. And we have journey options. There yes. are other routes. You know, there is this redundancy built into it. The worst congestion that I suffer is actually on the rural motorways network in Scotland. You know, because yeah. they don't have the capacity. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's true that, I mean, round, to give Manchester as an example, it's one that I know quite well because I've worked mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. The M60. All the major motorways in the northwest pretty much converge on that. Mm-hmm. And you have to go around it. You've no way of avoiding it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you've got, for example, the M62. So you've got strategic cross-national traffic competing with local traffic on the same section of motorway. Yeah. yeah. And that means that the M60 through the Irwell Valley, which is the northern half, yeah. that is the second busiest motorway in the UK after the well, M25. Well, that's, that's the famous yeah. Valley of Death, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the Valley of Death, because you used to have lots of uh, congestion, lots of accidents in the fog because of the industry around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting, because the, the, you always hear this figure about the Kingston Bridge being, is it the busiest bridge in Europe? The, the busiest urban river crossing in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it but the numbers are still quite considerably lower. I mean, is it one hundred and seventy five thousand people? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, it's yeah. been less ever since the seventy four. Yeah, you know that's yeah. the thing that's going well, to put it down. To, in to the put, put that into comparison, you know, the M sixty is over one hundred eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really interesting uh, that the Kingston Bridge it gets that accolade, but you don't really feel it. I mean, I, the, the the many times that I've been through Glasgow, I've been I've been through it, and as you say, yeah, off peak, it's. It's smooth sailing. I can't say that around Manchester. You no. cannot guarantee a smooth journey. Yeah. Normally by the time you're on Kingston, it's actually moving. This is the funny thing. It's the mm. bottlenecks after it if you're going eastbound. Yeah. It, it, it's the canyon, isn't it? That's The, the canyon's the, the canyon. Yeah, yeah, which, as we, we've made the point many times, was supposed to be the quiet corner yes. of the inner ring road. It was supposed to be mm. the south and east only flags, one half so of it was built. Yeah, that was yeah. going to be the busy half. And that's... Uh, and that's typical Britain, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you, 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 always build the, you always build the bits we don't need if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah. That's, um, that's very true isn't the the local motorway where we are just now in blackburn the the m65 that's the same i mean the the most remote parts of this were built first yeah they were they were built way back in the uh, early 80s and then the, the 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 bit that connects it to the national network the past black and didn't open until 1997 because yeah. of a huge controversies over its route <laughs> and it's just like well because it was gonna we, we nearly ended up like glasgow we were gonna have a motorway through the middle of the town and yeah yeah all the surrounding authorities were well in favor of this but the local authority weren't no. they didn't want a motorway through their town and <laughs> yeah. they, they fought it tooth and nail so it got pushed around to the south mm-hmm. and, which is what we have today yeah, yeah and the funny thing is with that it's a similar story to glasgow it was in the 70s when this was being planned they didn't want to put it through the town out of some kind of malice or anything or hatred of, no, of, of, of urban yeah. areas. It was the land was cheaper yeah. in the built up area because it was all derelict industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody was using it. You couldn't build on it for housing. Yeah. So instead of going through Greenbelt farmland, the idea of oh, we'll just take it through mm-hmm. the town. Yeah. 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 And uh, I see that. Yeah, I see the logic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. which is again, if you, I mean, the you know, people say, well, why hasn't Glasgow got a northern bypass? Yeah. Well, just well, as soon as you leave the urban area, you, you're practically in the national park. It, yeah. The, the transition the from Glasgow City to Loch Lomond and mm-hmm. the surrounding national park yeah. is it's instant. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's the kind of campsy hills and stuff in mm-hmm. the north. I mean, there is a way that the northern bypass can. I mean, they certainly did plan for one. Oh yeah. Known yeah. as the Campsy Expressway. Um, we have a southern orbital of sorts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads me to a maybe. I don't know, the last question or something I'd ask, what, what big improvement would you like to see at Glasgow? If you see a particular road built or a junction improved? Well, you've, you've just recently completed a lot of the ones I would have thought were desperate. That was the A8 gap. Yeah, yeah. that's um, right. Yeah. And Wraith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Building the underpass at Wraith has probably transformed journeys across the south side of the city for many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thinking huge and massive, like you say, it would be nice to perhaps look at having that northern bypass, yeah, or even even making the southern bypass better. But yeah. you've got to sit down and think: Would you actually get a good return on your investment doing yeah. this? And also, the other problem is: if you build it, is it going to become a strategic corridor, 
or is it just going to be swamped by new houses, new industrial estates, and just become busier? I than... think the re- yeah, I, I mean we see this all the time. We've spoken mm. about this tonight off the podcast, but it, I think if we were to make these kind of routes, it would have to be a special and restricted corridor. Yeah, you best motorway. You have to, you have to yeah. build motorways, and yeah. with very few exceptions, that's a dirty word at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, expressway. Let's call them that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The A fourteen. We'll call it an expressway, but it's it's, 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 it's opening as a motorway. So it's going to yeah. have blue signs, and it's called the A fourteen M. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're we're. That's an hour and five minutes we've been talking. Is that a record? That's a record for us. We've we've been going well on that. Brent, thank you very, very much. John and I really appreciate the time that you've set aside. We we do enjoy interacting with you on on social media and we do really enjoy your your input. Thanks thanks for travelling down and having me. Yeah, not at all. So for anybody who's interested in in Bryn's uh, expertise and and his social media side, you're on Twitter, aren't you? Is it Show Me A Sign blog? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter. uh, I think, yeah, at Show Me A Sign Bryn or something like that. Basically, the best thing is to go through my actual blog. If you you Google Show Me A Sign, uh, make sure you put blog otherwise you just get lots of yeah. random things but yeah show me a sign blog yeah um uh, or if you if you really desperate just put my name Bryn book into google yeah not that i've ever googled myself <laughs> <laughs> and there is a link to uh, Bryn's blog page on our website glasgows-motorways.org.uk yeah. forward slash about dash us if you go down to the far uh, bottom right hand corner of the page mm-hmm. you'll see a link uh, we'll, to Bryn's we'll also page post well. the link we will do with, we'll share um, that yeah that, so. and we might share some photos of some of the things we've discussed in this podcast as well to help people visualise the sort of things we've been, we've been talking about. Of course. Um, so, John and I will be back uh, fairly soon. I think we're intended to do an hour run within the next few weeks. Yep. Um, any questions, as usual, please send them in to us either through uh, Facebook, Twitter, or the email address admin at glasgow-motorways.co.uk. Um, we have one or two things coming up um, mm-hmm. in the near future. We'll, we'll, we'll share those with you in due course. John, anything else? Any final comments from you that you would like to add? Nothing really. It's been very, very informative. Yes, to be honest with you. It has. And it's, it's been great to see you, Brent. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been good. Thank you. We really, we really appreciate <laughs> it. We really talk appreciate talk it. about roads and so on. Right. So, well, thanks again, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Remember, Spotify, iTunes, uh, various other places, and on the website, new blog and podcast page coming very shortly. Uh, that will be live in the next week or so. And uh, stick with us, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>